We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie Show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This. And welcome everybody, it is Thursday, December 10th, happy one week belated birthday to my beloved son and three sacks according to Pro Football Focus, so that's what I'm going with, Rashawn Gary, I was reminded by one of my co-hosts that I did not wish you a happy birthday last week on the show, so I do apologize, I'm a terrible parent, uh, which is about par for the course these days, so that's fine. Uh, but I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We are the Thursday crew, joined by the remarkably average Jimmy. I will ask Des first. Christensen. Jimmy, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I I hate that I told you that people called me that, and because now I'm going to hear it all the time. But yes, I like to I like to talk to my wife before I make decisions. So. Well, to be fair, I guess you didn't tell me that. You told Jamal Williams that. I just happened to be in the room. So. Yeah. True. I, and 
if Jamal was here, he would probably make fun of you for it too. But we don't get Jamal as our co-host today. We get somebody better. We get Maggie Loney. And Maggie, welcome to the show. And she's looking at me and laughing. So I meant that, even if she doesn't think that. But Maggie, welcome. And uh, how are we doing? Pretty upset that nobody else wore the shirt that we all agreed to wear for recording today. But I'll power through because I'm a good co-host. Yeah, my bad. I have yeah, <laughs> I have no excuses. I have a big sign in my work office that says results, not excuses. And I will provide neither of those today, apparently. Uh, speaking of things we're providing, the Packers have a chance to provide a hat and a T-shirt for themselves this weekend, to use an old Zadarius Smithism. They're in Detroit. They will be playing the Detroit Lions, despite Jimmy thinking they're playing the Bears this weekend, but they're playing the Lions. So Jimmy, I knew they're playing the Lions. I just said a question about the Bears, so the Bears was just on my tongue, and so it came. Okay, out. well, good. I'm just happy that you know they're playing the Lions, and they are. They're in Detroit, a stadium they haven't played well in. We've mentioned before the show in four years. Now, the last time the Packers played well in Detroit was 2016, which was the culmination of the Run the Table project from Aaron Rodgers. Otherwise, 2017, Brett Hundley started. It was the most, well, what I thought was going to be the most depressing game I've ever seen. And then the following year, I watched Detroit come into Green Bay for the season finale. Deshaun Kaiser played, and it was 31 to nothing. And that was horrible as a season finale. That year, when Green Bay went to Detroit, was what I refer to as the Mason Crosby game, where Mason Crosby missed like 17 kicks or something like that. Apologies to Annie Schmitz for bringing that up, because after the game, I distinctly remember saying, make the kicker walk. I wouldn't call him by his name. I said, make the kicker walk back to Green Bay and then cut him on Monday. Uh, obviously, they didn't do that, and I'm thankful that they didn't because that guy's money in the bank. So my sincerest apologies to Mason Crosby. And this is why, thank everybody, I'm not your general manager. And then last year, the Packers win in Detroit, but they didn't play particularly well against the Lions team that had nothing to play for. And they win at the last second. They didn't lead the entire game while the Packers had a bye to play for. You were hoping to get some Timmy Boyle action towards the end of the game, and unfortunately, Green Bay had to play wire to wire. They did win. They secured a bye. That's all well and good. But this week, Green Bay wins. Minnesota loses against Tampa Bay, and they win the NFC North for the second consecutive season, which something I want to bring up because I was talking about this with a couple of friends. Maggie, just to think ahead here, Think about, well, think back, I guess I should say. We were talking 2018. So the Packers lose that season finale against Detroit. Mike McCarthy's been fired. We don't know who the head coach is going to be. And the Packers have been, they were average in 2017. You kind of gave them a pass because Aaron Rodgers missed more than half the season with a broken collarbone. But he was healthy. Well, he played all of 2018 and was healthy for a decent portion of that season. And they were bad in 2018. And you really didn't know what direction this franchise was going to go, and it really was. If they hire Freddie Kitchens or some bad head coach, I mean, we're one missed up like that away. Sorry, Mark, I guess I didn't realize that I was making fun of the Browns in the process. But you're one missed up like that away from toiling in mediocrity, and you really want to talk about wasting a year of the quarterback. Doing that is you know, not making the playoffs for – another year, and then potentially having another adjustment with a different head coach. Just tell me a little bit about, because I know there are a few, if any, that appreciate Matt LaFleur more than you. Just tell me about the appreciation that you have for the fact that the Packers are back in playoff contention as good as they are and legitimate Super Bowl contenders like they've been for the last season and three quarters. Yeah, I mean, I think Matt LaFleur was somebody I was really excited about when he was brought on. 
Um, I thought he was really interesting, and I liked the offenses that he'd been a part of. Um, I liked him more than, like, Josh McDaniels and some of the other kind of names that were floating around. But I think that to say, you know, 13-3 and was obviously a surprise and was significant for this Packers team. I don't think anybody maybe would have predicted that kind of turnaround in such short such a short amount of time. And, you know, obviously the NFC Championship game was not how the Packers want to remember that season. But we all kind of had said going into this season that it felt like the Packers were in all likelihood going to be a better football team with potentially a worse record, maybe 12-4, and maybe 11-5. and And the fact that the Packers still could end up 13-3, and potentially 12-4, and and be the number one seed in the playoffs in Matt LaFleur's second season, never losing consecutive games back-to-back, I think he's kind of exceeded expectations. And the fact that this does feel like a more cohesive, better football team, knowing that they made the NFC Championship game last season, it's just, you know, kind of beyond your wildest dreams as a, as a football fan, knowing that you still have Aaron Rodgers playing at the highest level he's played in years. You have Devontae Adams playing at perhaps he's setting career numbers right now if he stays on this pace. So just the trajectory of the football team, they're getting hotter and hotter going into the postseason, which is exactly what you want, especially kind of in December. And something we were able to talk about last night and just, you know, reading through the stuff that we get every week from that's what she said and just everything the players say is just this, you know, and we live in a world now, especially where, and especially in sports, even more and more, you know, the mentality is me, not we, and the team comes second. And this Packers team, it, it really is. You watch that touchdown run, and it sounds cheesy, and it sounds cliche, or it sounds stupid. I don't have a better term for that, unfortunately. But it just, it all sounds, you know, cliche to say, you know, doing the right stuff for the team to help my team, doing my 111th, you know, whatever it is. But these guys all to a man are talking about stuff like that. Something as simple as David Bakhtiari and MBS running downfield, sprinting downfield to block for Aaron Jones for a game ceiling touchdown. And then you have guys like Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers and players like that celebrating blocking. One of the most, well, maybe, sorry, Owen Reese, but one of the most boring things that you could potentially appreciate on the field. This team, it makes them so much more, you know, obviously I'm going to root for the Packers every single season, but something about this team the last two years has been immensely more likable. And you can tell when a team is having fun and playing for each other and fun to watch. And there are some bad Packers teams that I've watched that have been okay, you know, it hasn't been horrible. An example I can give you is two weeks ago, I was watching Michigan play Penn State, and there's no fire, there's no passion, there's no nothing when one of Michigan's guys makes a big play, and I literally threw my fist at the screen and said, I hate this effing team. Like, they were hard to watch, and they, they it feels like there's nothing there with those teams. And it's it never really felt like that with these Packers teams, except towards the end of that 2018 season. And, and again, the Packers were one bad coaching hire away from being like that for an extended period of time. And Matt LaFleur has been an absolute revelation for this team. And this is a guy who was called by some the worst hire of that coaching cycle. I mean, not a universally praised hire. The the talking heads, the, what's the word, the shock jocks of the world were sitting on their shows saying, well, the Titans offense stunk, and this is the dude you gave to Aaron Rodgers. Well, Matt LaFleur is the best coach of that hiring cycle because the pack is back and they have as good a chance as any team in this league. I think, and we'll handicap this in a little bit, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorite 
to win this year's Super Bowl. And after that, you can make a really good argument for Matt LaFleur's Green Bay Packers. So, Jimmy, just talk to me about basically all that stuff I was talking about. And, you know, we've we've had plenty of opportunities to have these conversations between you and myself about, you know, just what that kind of means and how this has kind of rejuvenated us over the last two years. Yeah, and to to go on your point, too, of just this team seems different with their camaraderie and just having fun celebrating after all these touchdowns. Like, uh, during my during the interviews that I did a lot during this offseason, that's one question I would ask players. I would say Green Bay has a lot of – they've had a lot of successful teams, but there was something different about the team last year to where everyone seemed to genuinely enjoy each other and be happy to be part of that team, and it felt like a real family. And I asked what that was about, and they mentioned Matt LaFleur just – driving that in but they they mentioned the key signings of Adrian Amos was a big one having players over for Thursday night football games obviously they can't do that this year because of COVID um Zadarius Smith would organize meals for them to all go out and get food together so it really was like a really tight group so seeing them celebrate isn't something that is like disingenuine like oh let's do this because the camera's around like they really do have that that juice and that fire for each other, which is really great to see because winning's really fun. But when you see the see the teammates like actually enjoying it and having fun and lifting each other up, it just makes it a lot sweeter. Um, and I, you mentioned how you were wrong about Mason Crosby saying they should uh, have him walk home and then cut him. <laughs> I was one of those people who was not uh, that pumped about the Matt Lafleur one, just because I was just like you said, it was a, at that time a mediocre. Titans offense, which we see now, the like what happened after Matt Lafleur left because they just kept doing his same system and now they're really productive. Um, I was just one that was really skeptical because he went from offensive coordinator in LA to offensive coordinator in Tennessee, and now he's a first-time head coach with an Aaron Rodgers that I didn't know how he'd react to a younger guy. So I'm extremely happy I was wrong, and I will gladly be made fun of for that for as long as Matt Lafleur is our head coach. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. All right, admit it. Who did you want? I didn't know who I wanted. That's the thing. Oh, okay. I was just – I can tell you I didn't want Gase. I can tell you that much. Uh, want, <laughs> I was going to say, admit it. You wanted Josh McDaniels, didn't you? I was intrigued by Josh McDaniels for the – for the part where he dealt with a very good quarterback who's older in age and has strong opinions. And Rodgers is – listening to Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show has changed my opinion of Rodgers a lot. Um, but at that time, I did kind of think he was a little too much diva for my liking, but that that's changed. I can gladly admit that's changed. So at the time, I thought Josh McDaniels would have been a good fit. But I'm very happy that that did not happen. 
it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, all the kudos in the world to, to Matt LaFleur because, I mean, honestly, like I said, I can't stress enough to everybody who's listening how special of a time this is to be a Packers fan because there is going to come a day where they're going to stack seasons like 2018 and worse. Like, I mean, 2018, honestly, they still won six games. It wasn't awful. And they had an epic 20-point comeback at home against the Bears. Like, I mean, it could be the New York Jets, guys, where they don't win. And even when they look like they should win, like they had this game against the Raiders this weekend, they don't. So Matt LaFleur is awesome. He's not going to win Coach of the Year. He should have last year. He, he probably is behind a few people this year because Brian Flores exists. And, well, Tomlin may not get it now that the Steelers aren't going to go undefeated. But LaFleur is in that conversation, in my opinion, now, Bill Belichick's always going to be number one with a bullet. After that, though, it's Andy Reid probably in a tier by himself, and then Matt LaFleur's in that next tier, right there with guys like Kyle Shanahan and, you know, name your people from there. But Matt LaFleur's been incredible. The culture of this team was one of the biggest things that needed to change, and he did that essentially overnight with the help of a lot of the players like the guys you have mentioned. You know, Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner is somebody that I think we've heard his name mentioned a lot, and he's kind of an unsung hero in some of those terms. But this isn't a gush over Matt LaFleur uh, session, which we can certainly do that, but the job's not done yet until they're naming a street after him this February, which we certainly hope they will be doing. And one way that they can do that is if they are the number one seed. And Peter Bukowski wrote a story today for Packer Report that says, you know, the Packers can finally be the best team. And we heard, I think it was after the 2016 NFC title game where they were in Atlanta, Rodgers or Jordy or somebody around those guys was mic'd up. And Aaron says to Jordy that, you know, we got to get one of these at home. We got to get one of these at home. And Rodgers has, excuse me, famously never started an NFC championship game at home. And they had, they've had one opportunity for that to happen. 2011, they lost to the Giants, obviously, after finishing 15 and one in the regular season. As it stands right now, the Packers are essentially a half game out of the number one seed. The Saints are 10-2, and two, but the Packers hold the head-to-head tiebreaker against them. The Saints' schedule the rest of the season is the Eagles, the Vikings, the Chiefs, and the Panthers. Not a cakewalk by any stretch. The Chiefs, you would imagine that's a loss, which gives the Packers uh, some, some hope, obviously, if they run the table. If you want some margin for error, Minnesota is a team that has played them really well in the recent past, and division games like Carolina is usually pretty tough, and Carolina's playing with a new head coach, so it's not like Green Bay's division game at the end of the season against Chicago where the team is going to quit and lay down because they've got their bags packed and they're ready to go home. Carolina's not going to be like that because they're playing for a new head coach already. Kansas City, like I've mentioned, that's one of those top teams. So looking through that, and then the Packers schedule, for those of you that don't know it, I'm sure most of you have it memorized by now, but Green Bay plays Detroit on Sunday, Next Saturday against Carolina, Tennessee, and then they close in Chicago to end the season. I think Green Bay is running the table. And not to use a famous Rodgersism, but I think that Detroit is not very good. I think Green Bay, you know, they haven't played well in Detroit, obviously. Carolina is a team that's just, they've got some nice pieces. They're just very meh. They're like a very average team, and the Packers beat average teams at home. That's just kind of how they've done it. You know, the Eagles are, well, the Eagles are a below average team. They're actually kind of closer to a tire fire now, so that's not a great example. But the Bears are an average team, and the Packers just blew them away two weeks ago. So I think they beat them. Tennessee, I know all of you all week long, and everybody who's listening to this is going to tell me about how Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, and cool, I hear that, I listen to that. Tennessee's defense sucks. 
I beg of you to tell me how they're going to stop Aaron Rodgers. And they are the worst third down defense in football. So you want to talk about how, how are we going to get enough possessions? How are the Titans going to get enough possessions? And the Browns defense, which isn't all that good against the run either, they just boat race the Titans on Sunday. The Titans have no idea if they're any good. So I think that, and the Bears suck. So we've gotten that all figured out. So I think Green Bay is running the table. All it takes is one of those teams. Patty Mahomes, man, I've worshipped the ground you've walked on on this show. I've talked about plenty of people, the face of Aaron Rodgers fans, fan base alike. I've said you're better than him. I'm asking for one favor, man. Do it for your boy. Do it for all of us in Packers Nation, and then we'll beat you in the Super Bowl as a happy thank you. Thank you very much, Patrick Mahomes. Maggie, are the, we're doing a, I guess it's a prediction. Are the Packers going to be the number one seed, and do they need New Orleans to lose more than once in order for that to happen? I do. I Everybody always calls me a homer anyway and that I'm an eternal optimist, but I was talking to Perry about this a little bit earlier, and we talked about it a little bit on Happy Well, hour. if we want anything that resembles uh, optimism, first of all, Maggie and Perry are uh, – you could substitute the word homerism between those two, but I think optimism between those two is – that's the nice way of saying it, right? But, I mean, I I felt – kind of iffy about a 13-3 and Packers team last season. I mm-hmm. thought that they would beat the Seahawks when they made the playoffs, but I knew the NFC Championship game was going to be hard. And it always kind of felt like it was just out of reach for that team. Since, God, even like the third week of this season, I've had this really good feeling that this Packers team can contend with just about anybody. I do think, just like you, that this is a team that can run the table and finish 13-3 and again. I think the Saints drop two games, and I think the Packers become the number one seed. And that's less about me, I guess, being optimistic and just the fact that, you know, we've seen some kind of glaring weaknesses from all of these NFC teams. And I think probably the best well-rounded like NFC team left is the Saints, and the Packers hold that tiebreaker. So it's going to be a very different game if that's a head-to-head matchup for the championship at Lambeau Field as opposed to going down to the Superdome. So, yeah, I mean, I really think even if the Packers drop a game, which it's hard to see them doing at this point, I think the Saints lose too. And I think that the Packers, you know, get to host and you just hope that they don't let their foot off off the break or off the gas at that point. And to be fair to your point, you know, I'm as much of an optimist as anybody. I picked the Packers to beat the 49ers last year in the NFC Championship game. Don't ask me why. I basically said I know all the matchups and don't care. I'm picking Green Bay because it's the NFC title game, and I'm not picking them to not go to the Super Bowl. To your point, Maggie, that week three game to me, I think back, I remember after that game ended, talking with you guys and everyone else and saying, when's the last time Green Bay's won a game like that one? A game where they weren't favored on the road against an NFC contender or a a Super Bowl contender in general. It hasn't happened, and the Saints have proven since they haven't lost since. Because then the question was, oh, are they really a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, they are. They're ten and two. They're winning games with Tim Tebow two point playing quarterback. So yes, they're very good. And that Saints defense, like you mentioned, that Saints team is probably the most well rounded team. But I think the Packers have already proven they can score on that defense. And oh, by the way, they went to the Superdome and won without Devontae Adams. And Kenny Clark. So bring it on. I'm not afraid of any of those people. Jimmy, are the Packers going to be the number one seed in the NFC? I think the, I think so, and especially because you mentioned right now they do have um, Taysom Hill as their quarterback, and I know it adds a little bit of new dynamic because he can move around, but when it comes to just making him make those throws, I'm not confident in him being able to do that. 
um, if they had Drew Brees starting, I think they would still lose to the Chiefs, which would give us that um, that tiebreaker anyways. But with Taysom Hill, I do think they're going to drop two games, which will give us that little bit of a cushion, which I think when it – or not think. I know when it comes to playoff time, it's going to be extra important because Drew Brees is coming off that injury and giving him another week to kind of rest up before making a playoff run would be troublesome when we face him in the future. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to take the number one scene, which obviously we love to have that by and making Drew's – making Drew <laughs> Brees – I keep calling him Drew's – Making Breeze play more, not giving him that extra week of rest is going to be really important when it comes to playoff time. And then you add in some of the guys like, I mean, you know, you look at it right now. We talked before the show. If the Packers, if the season ended today, and it doesn't, the Packers would play Arizona, if chalk holds, Arizona, Seattle, then New Orleans. So Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Drew Breeze, but all in. Russell Wilson would come to Green Bay. Kyler Murray would come to Green Bay. Then Green Bay would have to go to New Orleans to face Drew Breeze. But if you think about it, if it's at Lambeau, and you're talking about some of these older, aging quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, guys like that, you'd much rather them have to come to Lambeau Field and cut the ball through the elements. Now, could the Saints or the Bucks come into Green Bay and win an NFC Championship game? Sure, that could happen. But I like my chances a lot more against teams like that at Lambeau Field. Not that Green Bay couldn't go to New Orleans and win. They already have. But I like my chances more. And I just – I would love the opportunity – for this team to have a chance. The Packers haven't played at Lambeau Field to go to the Super Bowl since 2007. We don't need to relive what happened there. They haven't won an NFC Championship game since 1996. And I know fans probably won't be in the stands for that. Or if they are, it'll be super limited. But I've heard Brett Favre and Antonio Freeman and Sean Jones and Reggie White, RIP, and Leroy Butler and all these guys talk about how that game was almost better to them than the Super Bowl because of it was Lambeau Field, it was football, it was Green Bay, it was cold, it was all that stuff. And having this team have that ability to experience something like that, I just think that would be awesome. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. So I would love for this team to have an opportunity to do something like that. So football gods, if you're listening, make it happen. It's It's got to happen. So I'm, I'm rooting for that like no other. So we all think the Packers are getting the one seed, and I don't think that's homerism. Uh to get on here, to get on through this, you know, I think we we've talked about before. I don't think you're gonna ever find true objectivity, and the show is called Pack a Day, and we're all Packer fans. So, I mean, you're definitely not gonna find true objectivity on a show like this, but you're definitely not gonna find it. I don't think in general. I think bias kind of shapes who we are as people, just in general. It's impossible to completely eliminate. Let's get to a little bit of the news here and into this matchup here. The Packers are playing Detroit. And hopefully it'll be, like I said, clinching weekend, hat and t-shirt weekend. Uh, But Raven Green will not be playing, nor will Billy Wynn or Tyler Irvin. All three of those players were placed on injured reserve today. It sounds like Tyler Irvin will not be back before the end of the regular season. We'll see about the postseason on that. Billy Wynn, it sounds like, could be able to come back, which was encouraging news because when you hear a triceps, biceps, chest kind of injury for a big man, you get a little worried on something like that. But Raven Green, shoulder injury, it hasn't really been specified. All we know is that we know it'll be at least three weeks. So thinking about that on defense, he was starting to play a little bit better and make at least kind of some splashy, flashy plays ever since the beginning of November. This weekend he had a sack against Carson Wentz. He had an interception against San Francisco. He had another, he should have had an interception against Houston. Felt like a player who was getting better. So Maggie, who are some replacements on this team potentially for that role that 
kind of nickel-dime safety type role or somebody that you want to see take over for Raven Green in that spot? The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, very, very limited opportunities. But uh, when I saw Henry Black was the player that was elevated from the practice squad, he was the player that I had in mind to kind of replicate some of those snaps for Raven Green. Uh, we talked about it a little bit pre-show. I'm not sure that I'm convinced Will Redmond is the guy to be doing that. Um, Vernon Scott, I think, has some big opportunities. He's looked really good kind of in more of a, a box safety role, uh, kind of dropping, like you said, in that Raven Green hybrid, hybrid inside linebacker package. But to me, it's it's Vernon Scott or it's, you know, maybe Henry Black to a lesser extent. I don't know if I see, um, like, Josh Jackson when he comes back or Kadar Holman or any of those guys – Josh Jackson taking snaps away from that cornerback room. I think I think they'll stay with the safeties. Um, I'd like to see Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes get some opportunities in there opposite Christian Kirksey, but they're not as great in coverage and as quick as a guy like Raven Green. So I think that's kind of where that that element comes in, that what they're missing from that, that physicality and speed of Raven Green. Yeah, it's kind of a we don't know what we're getting. Uh, Will Redmond, I suppose, is somebody that they could, but I – Personally, the coaches are smarter than I am. I, I admit that full well, but personally, I've, I've seen enough of that to think I know enough about what Will Redmond isn't. So I would like to see maybe what Vernon Scott is. And he's somebody who I think has flashed in some limited snaps. I thought he's tackled well. Again, limited snaps. But I'd like to see, like you mentioned, Vernon Scott is kind of the one that I would like to look to in this situation and hope like hell that Raven Green is back for, you know, a divisional round, wild card round, playoff performance because, again, he's somebody that he's kind of like Tyler Irvin on defense from the standpoint of he plays a role that you don't realize how important it is until he's not out there on the field. And from a replacement standpoint, there aren't a lot of people that can kind of play that that skill set. So I look forward to seeing if Mike Pettin can find some creativity out of that maybe figure out some stuff. They did do some things that were interesting, I thought, this weekend with Adrian Amos. They kind of played some 4-3 type stuff with Amos being another one of those linebackers. Maybe they do some stuff with Darnell Savage, who's been playing really well, obviously. But, Jimmy, what what's your thought on this with Raven Green going to IR? Yeah, if we look back to last year, they used Will Redman a lot, and that was his uh, – I talked to him this offseason, too, and that was his first time because playing um, safe – playing that hybrid safety because when he was drafted in the third round, it was to be cornerback. Um, so he's in his second season of it. He could be a little bit more comfortable. I think his co- coverage skills are there, but like you mentioned, Raven Green's physicality, he just doesn't match. Um, if you look at Raven Green, he has guns the size of big old python. So um, I just don't think Will Redmond has that that physicality that we really need for that position. So like you guys already both mentioned, I'd love to see what Vernon Scott can do there. Um, everything we've seen from him has been limited snaps, as you've both mentioned, but it has been promising. And he has some potential. There's a reason they brought him into the team. So 
now's the time before we really get to the playoffs to see what he can do and if you want to roll with Will Redman, which you did last year, or if Vernon Scott can make a little bit of a splash and earn some earn some reps and get some experience before uh, before we make our playoff push. And on the offensive side of the ball, I did mention Tyler, Tyler Irvin. I don't have the old Ross Uglum Janice horn <laughs> when Jeff Janice would do anything with the football, but the Tavon Austin horn is ready for this weekend. Yeah. So I am uh, I am looking forward to being irrationally excited about something that is probably going to play <laughs> a really small role. But Tavon Austin definitely looks to be someone that makes his debut this weekend. So I look forward to that. Guys, we're running short on time here, so let's get into X factors for this game. Who's somebody on the Packers' defensive side of the ball that you guys are looking into this week? Last week I talked about Preston Smith. Another game starting to sack some success a little bit. You guys had a couple. Um, you know, Maggie talked about Kenny Clark. He had a couple of pressures. We're starting to kind of put some things together. And the Packers' defense has really played since that Indianapolis game. I know that's only two games, but they've played better the last two weeks. So they're looking to kind of put some good performances together, frankly, against some bad teams. But, hey, the Packers have made bad teams look good before. So it's nice to see them kind of put that stuff together. So, Maggie, who's an X factor and who wins and why? So to me, the X factor is Kingsley Kiki. And, you know, he had a second two-sack game of his career and of the season, obviously, against uh the the Eagles last week and you know that's four sacks total on the season we saw Mike Daniels tweeting about it after the game saying that he and BJ Raji both had 6.5 total sacks their first seasons Um, so they'd like to see Kingsley Kiki kind of exceed that number uh, for a sack total and I think you know it's it's important to kind of note that Sidarius as the defensive captain Preston Smith Kenny Clark they went to Mike Pettin and said hey let's simplify this and let's get after the quarterback and let's get back to doing what we were so good at doing last season. And I know that the offensive line for the Eagles is honestly probably the worst in the league. And Carson Wentz is not great under pressure. And even against Jalen Hurts, who is scrambling quite a bit, it was nice to see the Packers get back to doing what they're good at doing and, you know, forcing a lot of pressure and kind of ill-timed throws. And we saw Darnell Savage come up with one. So I think if the defense keeps doing that, especially if they get help from guys like Kingsley Kiki and Dean Lowry, who had a career game practically with five pressures. That's going to be the ticket, not only for the rest of the season, but especially going up into the playoffs when you potentially have the chance of facing guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, whether it's at home or away. But to me, I mean, the Lions always play the Packers pretty tough. It is at Ford Field. Um, it kind of feels like the Lions have a little bit more to play for right now. Um, I I don't think the team liked Matt Patricia. I don't think the players really bought into that. So there's anybody. The fact that it's Daryl Bevel now, you know, it it seems significant. But Perry and I talked about this on Happy Hour. Is it kind of the Joe filled in one game wonder where the team rallies for a new coach and then that kind of fizzles? And I think we're going to see a little bit of the fizzle on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be sustainable. It feels kind of like a 30-24 game where the Lions, maybe even 30-27 where the Lions keep it close, but I think the Packers, you know, still have one of the best scoring. They are the the first ranked offense in points for, so I think they'll put up quite a bit of points. Lions defense is not very good, but they still have Matt Stafford and some weapons in that offense, so I think they'll find a way to keep it closer than it maybe needs to be, but I do think the Packers kind of skirt out of there with a, a victory. So there's that, and then obviously, um, we have Jimmy now. So, Jimmy, please provide us with your always inferior analysis to Maggie. 
Oh, perfect. Yeah, this is what I'm here for. Uh, I guess I don't really have necessarily a player because we don't really know for sure, but uh, whoever's going to be taking Ravens' green spot I think is going to be the X factor for this game, whether it is Will Redman or Vernon Scott or a mixture of both. Just because TJ Hawkinson has been really consistent this season, he is someone that Matt Stafford likes to target. So um, whoever's filling in that that hybrid role is going to have a lot of time to cover TJ Hawkinson and have an eye on him. So that's going to be a big test because he is someone who has shown he can get open. He's he's on my fantasy team, so I know a lot about TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so he's someone that can get going for him. He's he's a really strong blocker as well for the run game, and also um, he's kind of he, I think he's becoming that comfort blanket blanket kind of like we mentioned with Ertz last week for Wentz like Hawkinson's kind of becoming that for Matt Stafford even though he does like to spread it around a little bit more than Wentz does so uh, whoever fills in for Raven Green I think is going to be a big key for this defense I'm going to roll with Kevin King I think that he might be somebody that gets matched up with Kenny Galladay quite a bit and Kenny Galladay he didn't practice today with a with a hip injury but he seems to eat the Packers lunch every time he plays against those guys and Marvin Jones is somebody that matches up well with Jair's skill set King is somebody that should be able to match up well with Kenny Galladay is a freak. Uh, I think that the Packers defense, you know, the Lions have some players that if we made a only plays well or always plays well against the Packers all-star team, it seems like the Lions have quite a few of those guys. Marvin Jones would be one. Kenny Galladay would be one. Adrian Peterson, well, Adrian Peterson's a Hall of Famer, so he plays well against everybody, I guess. But I think King is somebody that he's played really well the last two weeks. He played well against Indy. Actually, he's played well since he's been back. And I wrote an article for Game On about how, like, what's the what's the number to where Green Bay can feel comfortable about counting on him to be one of their starters, but also feel comfortable for King to be okay with taking that kind of money? You know, what's that number where that sweet spot is? There was a report by Mike Florio over the weekend that the the NFL might not drop the salary cap as low as 175, which has been speculated. That makes things a little bit easier. But King is earning some money these last couple of weeks because he's been very good. And the Packers clearly feel that he is their second best corner on the team. You know, when he came back, Josh Jackson didn't play a single snap on defense or he only played like two or three snaps. It wasn't a lot, whatever the number was. There weren't a lot of snaps on defense. They clearly feel there's a there's a tier of corners where it's Jair and Kevin King and then a drop-off before you get to their next group. So I'm interested to see how that goes, but I think he's a good matchup. I think the Lions suck. Um, I think that Daryl Bevel, Maggie kind of mentioned that one-game fizzle after Joe Philbin. It's kind of an appropriate comparison because the Packers played a crappy Atlanta Falcons team after that. The Lions shouldn't have won last week. If Mitchell Trubisky can hold on to the football, they don't. So we're not even talking about this. The Lions do have something to play for. They're currently one game out in the loss column, if you really want to look at it that way. So they're technically still alive for playoff hopes, the same way the Packers were still alive for their playoff hopes in 2018 when they went into Chicago. What happened? Green Bay went in. They played a better Chicago team, and they got beat. Green Bay is a better team. They're going to go into Detroit. I think they went 38-17. They blew them out the first time they played them. I really don't anticipate much difference here. The Lions can't stop the run. They don't really stop the pass. They pick their poison, kind of like we talked about last night. I look for another big day from Aaron Jones. I think Jamal Williams has a chance for a big day as well. And I look at some of these secondary receivers potentially getting a chance to have a good day as well. Alan Lazard, if EQ can go. If not, you know, MBS is always good for a couple big plays every, like, third game or so. Maybe some of the tight ends get involved, like Robert Tunyon, uh, if Jay Sternberger can play. But 
I look for the Packers to have a relatively easy breezy kind of victory, uh, hopefully against an, an inferior opponent because it's been a while since they've done that in Detroit. We're out of time. Thank you guys for listening here for our Thursday crew. I apologize to the world for not wearing the T-shirt. Thankfully, you guys can't see it and make fun of me for that reason, but my apologies to Maggie and the rest of the Western Hemisphere for breaking my promise. So my apologies on that. Uh, I'm your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf, and pretty much anything that Jimmy says later is where you can find me with him. We are spending too much time together, uh, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Jimmy... Go ask Des if you can answer this question after I say that. But while you do that, I'm going to ask Maggie where we can find her on everything. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for She Said TV, um, podcast with Perry Goldstein doing Packs What She Said. And then you can find us Mondays with Game on Wisconsin doing Happy Hour at 6 p.m. Central Time. And tomorrow, December 11th, is the one-year anniversary of Ode to Zadarius Smith. So that's just, you know, a fun little tidbit for your uh, Pack-A-Day listenership. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I Yeah, I remember when that was written and reading that. I was like, I can't believe she actually did that. But I I wrote it while we were recording the show. Yes, and I yes, and that's that's a lady of many talents if she can do that while recording the show and still be coherent. Because me, what I would do is I'd be writing it and then I would be saying it at the same time. So I'd be in the middle of making a point while writing. Yeah, it would all be a disaster. Jimmy, I assume Des said you can tell us what you want. Yeah, yeah, she's cool with it. Uh, you can find me at Jimmy underscore C zero eight on Twitter. I'll post all the stuff there. Uh, every Tuesday we have. Jacob and I both have articles coming out for Packer Report. His at 9, mine at 1 o'clock. Then uh, that Tuesday night, we have our Jamal Williams show. Uh, charity or The charity, the donations end next week, Tuesday on the 15th. We have some pretty sweet T-shirts you can buy. 100% of the proceeds go to the charity. You actually pay, buy them by donating on the GoFundMe link. Um, and actually, Jimmy, I have, a, I have a fun fact because it happened during our show. We just hit $7,000. Oh, for real? So, yeah, that oh, just sweet. happened. So that's pretty cool. That's beautiful. Yeah, we're over $7,000 all going to kids in the Green Bay area that could definitely use some uh, boost around the holiday season. On Wednesdays, you can find me uh, at Lombardi's Bar at Game on Wisconsin. Thursdays, Pack-A-Day, and then Sunday again on uh, Game on Wisconsin's pre-snap show. There you have it. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening to this show. You can find us again next Thursday when the Packers will be taking on the Carolina Panthers, and everything there will be uh, fun. The Packers will be back at home, so the home games are always more fun than the road games. Packers-Lions this weekend, a 325 kickoff because for some reason Fox decided to flex the game to 325, and I'm real thrilled about it, if you can't tell. And as another added bonus, we get Mark Schlereth as our color man, so that's just super. I love every second of what's going to happen this weekend. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week, and maybe I'll remember to wear the right T-shirt. See you guys.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.